Welcome back to the My Sister Knows Why podcast. This week, we're talking about natural disasters. Close. Let's feed your brain. (laughs) Okay. Welcome back to the My Sister Knows Why podcast. This week, we already did that part. I'm Ange. I'm Claude. Claude. (laughs) And uh, today we're not going to talk about natural disasters per se. I guess it's along the lines of natural disasters, but more like natural phenomenons. Ooh. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah. Do you have any updates? Uh, Yes. So cat in French is masculine, not feminine. Our corrections corner is... (laughs) it's le chat not la chat yeah yeah but that's it that's all that's all thanks for did people answer the poll yeah we got an overwhelmingly positive response we got yes they were all yeses nice yeah so um we are attempting to record video for this episode but you know it's who knows if it'll ever be released yeah we'll see we'll see Let's get into it. So uh, we're going to talk about some natural phenomenons and how do they work. Ready? Let's get right into it. First question. Why is there sometimes hail during a thunderstorm in the summer? What? Yeah, because hail is like frozen-ish water. Yeah, actually hail only occurs during a thunderstorm. I'm pretty sure. There can't just be like a... Yeah, I guess there can't... There's not just hail. Like, you know, it's just rain. It's not really a thunderstorm, but it rains. Yeah. Hail only only happens in a thunderstorm. Well, I feel like it depends what kind of hail we're talking about. Are you a hail expert? Because, I mean, golf balls. Yeah. I have never seen. Right. But I've seen little pellets, and they weren't yeah. during thunderstorms. Maybe they were at, like, Are beginning sure? of thunderstorms. Yeah, but I just wasn't paying Are attention. Are you sure? That's totally possible. Um, yeah, so why does hail form really in general? I got this information from the National Severe Storms Laboratory and the Weather Network. Oh, perfect. Right? <laughs> so, hail only forms during severe thunderstorms. And it forms when raindrops catch an updrift and they're carried higher into the atmosphere. And then when it gets to a certain point in the atmosphere where it's like really cold, because that happens. Yeah. It freezes and then it collects more moisture and freezes more. So that's how you get different sizes. And then it hails. falls. And then when it gets <laughs> um when it gets too heavy yeah. for the winds to hold it up, it falls. Oh. Exactly. That makes sense. So when it gets yeah. Sorry, I'm already I've already messed it up. I know. I was gonna tell you at the beginning of this episode, like let's try to make it a smooth know, one. No mistakes. Mostly because um don't have much time for editing this week. Yeah, we're on it's a such crunch. a busy week. Um but also uh, just because yeah. So um, in a thunderstorm, you have a lot of winds that go different directions. So you yeah. can have like horizontal winds or vertical winds going up and down. And so when the raindrop gets brought up to the cold yeah. atmosphere, it'll collect moisture, it'll freeze. And then it might catch a different uh, draft and go like down. And then it goes back up and, and it collects more moisture and it freezes again. Is that how they get so big? Yeah. And then it goes oh. down. It's like a cycle. So it's moving within the thunderstorm vertically and laterally until eventually the winds aren't able to like hold it it's up. It's just too yeah. too many layers. So either the 
hailstorm becomes too big that the winds can't hold it up yeah which is when you get probably this is when you get like the big golf balls golf ball sized hails or the winds become weaker so the hail oh, just okay. falls so it's kind of could this happen at like the end of a storm because the sure, winds yeah. aren't as it yeah can happen whenever as strong yeah so smaller hailstones can fall at about 40 to 65 kilometers per hour but larger ones have clocked in at 160 kilometers per hour right gravity's wild <laughs> i'm trying to think of how they measure baseballs i think it's miles per hour I, uh, yeah i don't know that it wouldn't make sense if it's kilometers Sports. but still that's fast mm-hmm. if you think in a car like hitting a car oh no like drive in a car, car. yeah <laughs> yeah at that speed <laughs> yeah so the largest hailstone recorded in canada was in saskatchewan in 1973 how big was it and it weighed about 0.6 pounds um which is about 290 grams for those who okay don't know pounds. <laughs> um but this pales in comparison to ones recorded in kansas Ooh. um who recorded a 1.7 pound hailstone or 770 grams that's a big it's a big one big boy however the largest recorded hailstones were recorded in bangladesh in 1986 and they were one kilogram isn't that huge that's 2.2 pounds yes it is thank you wait is that right yeah okay one kilogram is two pounds um that's so big it's huge that's like if you think about um i don't know think about a pound of something flesh or a kilogram times two times two yeah (laughs) um but this hail also killed 93 people oh because like you go up big hail coming from the sky that's a lot of people it is a lot of people do you know how long it lasted no i don't I feel like it lasted pretty long to affect that many Killed. people. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So well, that's very why sad. Thunderstorms have hail. Pretty interesting. Uh, it's because of wind and the atmosphere. Wind. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. So I don't, I can't remember if you included this in the episode, but you asked how a tsunami worked in yeah. the last episode. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised that you didn't know. Okay. Here's here's my rationale. Because I don't think I included it in last week's like end of the episode. But I said that it was when the plates in the earth hit together and then the water is just like, I don't know where to go and it goes to to land. Yeah. So you're basically right. So a tsunami is a series of waves caused by the displacement of a large volume of water, right? But how does this displacement happen? Yeah. So it can be triggered by multiple different things, but the most common trigger of a tsunami is by an earthquake. And the earthquake causes, I don't, do you know how earthquakes work at all? The plates hitting together. There's things (laughs) called tectonic plates along fault lines, which is where they like naturally like move. Move. Yeah. It's not stable. Because of vibrations, right? Yes. So that's how um, earthquakes happen is that the tectonic plates are moving against each other. Mm -hmm. So this, when this happens in the ocean, it can cause an uplift of one of the plates. Oh. Yeah. But even, even but like just, just a slightly, bit, yeah, yeah. Even slightly. But then if it goes up, it has to come back down. So oh. the, when it goes up, the water goes into that space, and then when it goes back down, the water gets pushed out in all directions. So it's kind of like um, when you drop a pebble in the water, and it goes, uh-huh. oops, and it goes like, yeah, like it makes yeah. a little divot in the water. So for this to happen, the earthquake usually has to be about a magnitude seven point five or higher. Which is fairly high, right? It's fairly high, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, earthquakes are, yeah. We go into earthquakes, but we're not gonna. 
Um, no, so we're here for tsunamis. Tsunamis. In the middle of the ocean, right? Yeah. So this is where it's happening. A tsunami can travel over 500 kilometers per hour, which is just like, right? <laughs> is it because they're so big that they just like... Well, it's because of the force of the earth like closing on itself that it pushes the wave out really fast fast. but in the middle of the ocean the the height of the wave is really really small right yeah so it's a lot of force but a small wave and people on like large boats may not even notice tsunami waves at the very beginning like yeah when it's in the middle of the ocean right um so as the wave approaches the land or the shore it loses speed so it goes down to like 40 kilometers so it's really slow so it's slower, but it starts to gain like water height. and it gains yeah. height. And because it's losing the speed, it's actually accumulating all that water from the starting point and it's piling on each oh. other um, to make like a really big wave. Yeah. So one way to spot that a tsunami is coming because it's you might think like it's a giant wave. Like, how do you not know it's coming? Yeah. But uh, like, but the way waves work is if you think about I'm sure everyone's gone to a beach or seen Waves. Or Disney World, yeah, the whirlpool, the that the waves thing. when they come in from the the ocean, right? They're coming in, and yeah. then the shoreline, like the waterline, pulls back. Yeah. And then it oh yeah, yeah, over yeah. Each other and goes. That's like how that. you like get drowned as a child, right? Like that's a problem, uh-huh. isn't it? it? The water sucks you in, and then you just keep. It's that constant cycle of like just stand up, but that's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Safety, Austin Claude. <laughs> um. So one way to spot a tsunami is that if you look at the waterline and you notice that it's receded or like gone back like a lot, a lot further than then usual. you know that a big wave is going to come. Oh, yeah. So if you start, sh- if it starts showing the like sea floor. Yeah. The beach. Not just like the usual. Yeah. The usual beach area. Then, you know, a wave is that. coming and you need to like, interesting. Get on. Go run. Go somewhere. Yeah. What do you yeah. do? Like get to higher ground. The the tsunami I'm thinking of is the one that happened in Japan. Yeah, I'll talk about okay. like the the more recent ones. Mm-hmm. So this happens, right? And then tsunamis often have multiple waves. So after so the initial wave, yeah. yeah, there can be multiple hits afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So other things that can trigger tsunami is landslides from like mountains and hills. Oh, okay. Um, volcanic eruptions, which makes sense, mm-hmm. and asteroids which is from space. Oh, yeah, I, yeah yeah <laughs> and these can cause a mega tsunami oh right because i mean if you think about it's falling from yeah. space and yeah yeah that's a lot of like speed. pressure into the water yeah so the most recent devastating tsunami was in japan in 2011 actually i think there was a more like recent recent like 2020 i think there was one that was pretty devastating oh i should look it up yeah so sorry next week next week come, come back next week to find out um, so, but the most, when you think of a tsunami, you, you usually think of the one that happened in 2011 in Japan. That was 2011? I remember yeah. when that happened. Yeah. So it was caused by a magnitude nine earthquake. Wow. Yeah. The wave got up to 164 feet or over 50 meters. And unfortunately, the death toll was about 18,500 people. That's a lot of people. Which is a, a lot, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, tied to this, the tsunami also caused a nuclear facility to explode. Oh, boy. Due to the cutoff of the power, and it ended up destroying the backup generators. So the nuclear facility had no power. Yeah, It ended up contaminating the nearby amias, the nearby areas, (laughs) and caused significant damage to the surrounding communities. Dang. Yeah. But 
you might like this that was pretty devastating yeah there was actually a more like a really bad tsunami in Indonesia in 2004, which killed around 230,000 people. Wow. Right? Which is like, that's huge. We I don't should talk that about one. one episode, like the deadliest natural disasters. Yeah, we could. That would be cool. I could. Dive I mean, it wouldn't be cool. Like a lot of people got <laughs> hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, tsunamis. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think there's a couple movies based on tsunamis i think so i i believe that sharks <laughs> what's that movie called jaws no the one with the sharknado shark, the sharknado yeah sharknado. <laughs> yeah okay next natural phenomena there's only five by the way so that's okay actually yes there might be only four um okay uh the northern lights yeah why are those a thing right that's like, what i was thinking what is What's happening? What is it? Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. The information from the tsunami um, I got exclusively from a course I took. Nice. So, nice. Professor... Oh, gosh. I don't even know his name. Oh. Ooh. Thanks, Prof. Dude. Natural disasters. 2GG3. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, the Northern Lights information comes from the Northern Lights Center, um, which is a Canadian website. Yeah. Okay. So, everyone... I'm hoping... That everyone kind of has a general idea of the northern lights. So it's just lights in the sky. Like re- different colored different lights. Different colors. Um, that happens in the northern areas of the world. Yeah. Um, and N- Even Canada. northern than, than... Well, I mean, like not the no, main area of Canada. Canada. Yeah, like northern Canada. Um, so the northern lights are caused by collisions of gaseous particles in the Earth's atmosphere uh, with charged particles from the sun's atmosphere. Huh? So you have particles in the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. And particles from the sun's atmosphere just colliding together. And it And that it just makes light? Exactly. So they're located in the northern and southern poles of the Earth. Oh really? Yeah. I mean I guess that yeah. makes sense. Don't look. Do you know what the north ones are called? The like scientific name? Southern lights. No. The South? North, no, the north ones. Oh, northern lights. What do you mean? No, they're called the Aurora Borealis. Oh, I d- yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Do you, can you guess what the south ones are called? Um, it, It's not the southern lights. It's not the southern lights. Um, I have no idea. It's called the Aurora Australis oh. in the south. But the southern ones aren't as um like popular. Probably not as vibrant. Maybe. Yeah. Or not as often. Because they don't, um, I don't, yeah, I don't think they happen as often and it's not populated down there. (laughs) There's like, you can stay at places to go see the northern, like it's a tourist attraction. Yeah. In, for the northern lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Canada. But there's probably not a designated area. The penguins have decided. Igloos. (laughs) Right up on our polar bears. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Okay. So because the sun is millions of degrees, uh, of temperature celsius of temperature. <laughs> celsius to be correct the collisions between the gas molecules like in the sun yeah not in the sun but like yeah i guess from the sun. the sun yeah are explosive because it's so hot so the electrons and the protons which are atoms which are like really small things if you don't remember science um these become free they're free protons and electrons they start going wherever they want yeah got it they're buck wild so <laughs> these electrons and protons are blown by solar winds from the sun's atmosphere through holes in the magnetic field towards the Earth's atmosphere. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so the free, the buckwild protons and electrons are shoved through a hole in the magnetic field of the sun by solar winds and they head towards the Earth's atmosphere. Most of these protons and electrons are actually deflected by our magnetic field. But since the magnetic field is weaker at the poles, oh. they enter the atmosphere and they collide with the gas particles in our atmosphere, like the oxygen. So it's between the sun particles and yeah. our particles. Yes. Yeah. And when they collide, it emits a light that we perceive as like dancing and moving. Oh. Yeah. So it's the coll- the actual collisions cause the light and the movement. Interesting. Yeah. So colors vary from, gr- um, colors just vary in general. Oh, okay. But green and pale pink are the most common. Blue. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's also reds and yellows and violet. Um, green is a common color because of the oxygen particles located 60 miles above the earth. So that's why we get a lot of green. Okay. Because of the oxygen particles. Okay. Are o- they're often green? Yeah, it just causes a green color. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Oh, be- probably because there's so many of those atmosphere. <laughs> what? What'd you just say? I said... Um, oxygen. Oxygen particles. There, there's a lot. Well, actually, there's more nitrogen in the atmosphere oh. i have to google that what color is nitrogen i don't know <laughs> atmosphere nitrogen i was right nitrogen it accounts for 98 percent of the mass of dry air wow that's a lot thank you thought thoughtco.com 78 what did i say 98 i'm a liar 78, 78. <laughs> like what that so all of it so all of it. <laughs> yeah but anyways Green light from oxygen. oxygen Don't know why that's correlated. That's too sexy. Just because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the northern lights are actually on an 11-year cycle where they appear the most vibrant. So according to the Northern Light Center, the last cycle year was 2013 when it was the most vibrant. Okay. Yeah. So this means the next best year to see the lights is going to be in 2024. 24. 24. <laughs> 2024. And the best months to view them is between November and April. Um because oh, it's the darkest okay. yeah. right because of the cycle the of sun, the sun yeah it's winter um yeah so our first titillating tidbit titillating tidbit so canada is actually one of the best places to view the northern lights um the best territory to see them is in the yukon yukon i was gonna guess that the northwest territories so the yukon is above or like beside alaska basically yeah yeah no, it's above Alaska because Alaska attaches to British Columbia, right? No. No? Search up a map. If I'm, I'm awful if, at uh, I got a maps. 98 in my geography class in, in uh, grade nine. I don't know why I got that high. Teacher's bad. Okay. It's like a little bit. It attaches to British Columbia, but it also attaches to the Yukon. Because that's the Northwest Territories, right? Yeah, the North- like Northwest Territories are the scattered ones. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, None of None it. Of it. <laughs> I almost forgot <laughs> it is um, off of the North Both of our parents would be very disappointed. Uh, it's okay. Because they're both in geography. <laughs> so, you should go to the Yukon or the Northwest Territories. Um, but you can also see them in northern parts of central Canada. So, like, like Alberta, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, Manitoba. You, It's been reported you can see them in, like, really northern Ontario. Interesting. Um, I think that they're not as vibrant as if you yeah. went to the Yukon. Yeah. Um, and you can also see them in northern BC. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, um, go check them out, you know? Actually, they're on my bucket list. I really want to go to the territories and see the northern lights. Because we've been everywhere else in Canada, province-wise. No. Wise. 
no, don't want to flex, but <laughs> sure. Okay, what's the next one? Next one is 15 hours of nonstop lightning, question mark. Is that possible? It is. Let me tell you about it. So this information comes from the BBC and scijinx.gov. Nice. I think it's a... Dot gov. Dot it's gov. got a... It means something. Um, so, But that's a US website. Got it. Okay, so this phenomenon is known as the beacon of Maracaibo, okay. or the Catatumbo lightning. Nice. So explain to me, is this like straight lightning hitting something for 15 hours or is it a lightning storm it's a that lightning happens storm for 15 okay it's yes. not just like a piece of lightning hitting a lightning rod for 15 hours yes so catacumbo catatumbo is yes. located <laughs> in venezuela okay and this is where the catatumbo river meets lake maracabo um, where there's an average of 260 storm days a year. That's, a, That's lot. a lot. That's a lot. So at the peak season of the storms, which is usually in the wet season around October, mm-hmm. lightning has been recorded to flash 28 times per minute. Right? That's so much. That per minute? Per minute, 28 times. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy. So scientists believe... So this is basically a lightning storm above a lake. Okay. That just flashes. Does it hit the lake? I don't know. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's around the land as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just like a lightning storm above a lake. Interesting. Right? So scientists believe that the conductivity of the air above the lake is boosted by the abundance of methane from the oil fields below and, like, around it. Oh. Yeah. But this isn't proven. So it could still be witchcraft. Oh, 100%. Right? <laughs> Um, and the terrain can affect wind patterns and cooling and heating of the area, which boosts the likelihood of thunderstorms, right? Because this is just like a big thunderstorm that's happening like all day, every yeah. day for yeah. 260 days. Wow. Yeah. So the lightning can be seen from 400 kilometers away and may also appear to be different colors due to the refracted light. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So like this, purple? Uh, sure. Depends on what it refracts off of. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you can get 15 hours of nonstop lightning, which is kind of... In case cool. you wanted that. In case you wanted to go <laughs> check it out. Um, careful. No. Don't, don't get struck by lightning. Yeah. But you may be thinking, how does a thunderstorm happen? That's, uh, right? It's between the clouds. The particles between the clouds. Particles? You think clouds just, like, rub against each other and yeah. create a storm? Yeah. yeah, friction. Okay. So, no. <laughs> Um, you need three conditions to make a thunderstorm. You need moisture in the air. You need unstable air and an updraft. What constitutes unstable air? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about moisture in the air. So when the sun evaporates water, it brings moisture into the air. And this is when like humidity. Humidity is moisture in the air. So when you're, it's like, oh, it's a humid day. It feels kind of sticky. Sticky, gross. Or in the, in the morning air. when it's dewy. Sure. So unstable air forms when warm, moist air that we have yeah. is near the ground, which is also can be thought of as like a warm front. You know when the weatherman says like, there's a we cold a w- front. We got a warm frontier coming. Yep. So you have the warm, moist air near the ground, and then you have cold, dry air is above it. Which oh. Is like a cold front. So think of it, it's not like a hand over a hand above. It's more of like a gradient, like a hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's like that. 
So for a thunderstorm to form, the unstable air needs to be nudged upwards, which can be caused by the updraft. That's where the updraft comes in. Okay, yeah. So this updraft is usually caused by differences in air density as warmer air is less dense and rises upwards. Oh, so it kind of just like mixes together in certain ways. And it's like, I'm going up. Yeah. So in the thunderstorm clouds, there's now a strong upward winds and downward winds happening at the same time. The updrafts feel the storm as it brings more warm, moist air like to the cold front. Mm -hmm. So it's bringing that warm, unstable air to the cold air. Um, And this only like keeps going on. The storm keeps going on until Mm -hmm. the updrafts start to weaken and the storm will weaken. Oh, okay. So this could happen if you just, I guess, run out of the warm front with the warm, yeah, stable run, air. Yeah, run out of the warm air. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, thunderstorms don't usually last that long. Correct. Right? It's usually rain, and then you'll start to hear thunder, lightning. You don't hear lightning. Well, you can actually hear lightning. Yeah, if it hits hard enough. <laughs> That's my lightning sound effect. Um, or if it hits something and yeah. breaks it. Did you know that they used to use sheets of metal to make thunder noises in Greek plays? Yeah. Hmm. Or in, like, uh, what's that called? The theater. It's when you make noises for movies. I should know this. Sound effects? I'll think of something. I'll think of it, yeah. I'll keep going. It starts with an F. Okay. (laughs) So that's how thunderstorms form. You have warm air, you have cold air, they meet, they don't like each other, there's wind... Um, And it just happens until that warm air and the updrafts stop. So now you may be thinking, well, how do we get thunder? Where does the lightning lightning, come from? You're more interested about the lightning, but I'm going to tell you about thunder. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So the loud noise that we call thunder is caused by the rapid expansion of the air surrounding the lightning bolt. Right? Yeah. So since the lightning bolt is electricity, it heats the air. But since it's so fast, there's no time for the heated air to expand. So the pressure around the bolt is increased to 100 times the normal pressure of the air. Oh, that's, uh, right? that's quite a lot. So the compressed air then explodes outward from the, t- um, sorry, <laughs> it explodes outward from the channel of the lightning bolt. Yeah. And it forms a shockwave and then the loud booming noise. Oh, So it's so just like air exploding, basically. So thunder comes first. Or does it happen kind of simultaneously? No, lightning comes first. Okay. Because you have to have lightning. I guess it technically happens like simultaneously. But sound travels slower than light. It does. (laughs) Very very good. So you see the light first. Um, So lightning is formed, right? So that's how you get thunder. Lightning is formed when the cold air makes ice crystals that collide with the warm air, um, the warm air droplets like in the storm, which creates a static electrical charge in the clouds. Friction. Right? Exactly. Lightning follows the shortest route, so they're often vertical. And vertical bolts is often heard in one long rumble of the thunder. Oh. Whereas if the bolt is forked, which just means if it, like, splits, yeah, um, the sound bounces off the forks and it in the, like, low clouds below the bolt. Mm-hmm. And then that creates a series of lower continuous grumbles of thunder. Oh, okay. Yeah. So thunder comes from lightning. Yeah. And lightning comes from... Friction. Friction. <laughs> and electricity. And now we get to our second titillating tidbit. <gasps> titillating tidbit. <laughs> so each second between the lightning and the thunderclap is about oh, yeah. 300 meters. From where you are. From where you are. So to the, where you, the storm is. If you see light. Well, yeah. So or the lightning. 
each yeah so each second so if there's lightning right bang mm-hmm. and then you count i don't know one mississippi two, two mississippi. mississippi so two mississippi seconds and then you hear the thunder that's 600 meters you're 600 meters away from that that's lightning pretty bolt. close yeah <laughs> um you can also hear thunder during a snowstorm which really? is interesting yep don't ask me why it's in the tiddling tidbit like without lightning or is there lightning maybe during you just don't see the lightning possibly i guess so and lightning does not always produce thunder huh maybe if it's not like if it's not really fast or if the air like is able to expand properly oh instead of just like explode yeah oh yeah wow yeah is that it um that i could give you a really quick breakdown of why there's an eye of the storm sure it's based on (laughs) different winds they go in different reasons. Cool. Yeah. They go in wow. different reasons. <laughs> they go in different directions. Different directions. Yeah, and it uh, didn't, didn't quite get to that. That's okay. We are Part right two. on schedule. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, Any questions? No, that was pretty cool. Okay, okay. Pretty, pretty cool. I always remember being at our aunt's house when there were thunderstorms. And we would count, like, the lightning and thunder. We count the thunder, not the lightning. Oops, sorry, I hit the mic like a nerd. <laughs> wow. That was a good episode, Ange. Thanks. I enjoyed that thoroughly. What are we talking about next week? I have no idea. Dang. Um, I have such a busy week next week. I could do another one. I could do another episode. Maybe possibly we'll talk about this. Privately. Privately. Okay. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll get more content as always next week. And uh, if you want even more content, follow us on Instagram at my sister knows why no spaces, no nothing. Follow us on all the major podcast platforms. All of them. Just all of them. All of them. Go rate us on, on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Listen to the Google podcast. It helps. All of them. Yeah. Don't uh, don't Google anything ever. Um, unless you need to. <laughs> Where in that case, in case go ahead. You have permission. <laughs> you. Yeah. Okay. Talk to you next week. TTYL. Episode 37, Under the Belt. Goodbye. Adios. Want to see my puppy? Yeah, let's do it.